Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. The podcast is also found on all your favorite podcasting apps, and so check us out. Just type in Growing in Grace and find the one with Mike and Joel, and you'll have us. I am Joel Brzezicki, along with Mike Kapler, continuing our series. Uh, We'll be wrapping this series up pretty soon here. We've made a big case throughout the series about how um, James and Paul weren't seeing eye to eye. We got a whole several weeks uh, in the past here that you can uh, check out in case you're just coming in on this one. There's a lot of things that we've talked about. We ended up last week in Acts 21. We've been basically presenting evidence from the scriptures themselves that show how James believed one way and Paul believed a different way. And that's why you see James writing the things that he wrote in his epistle and Paul writing the things that he wrote in his epistle. We were talking about Acts 21, and then we'll, we'll move on from this. But the one thing I wanted to point out from last week and Acts 21 is that the church in Jerusalem, everything seemed like it was just running along smoothly. Everything was going fine. You had the Jewish leaders there teaching that you had to believe in Jesus and be circumcised and keep the law. With that teaching in the church, everything seemed to be running along smoothly. Then Paul comes... They want him to deny what he's teaching. Paul has been teaching what, what they say, the way that they put it, teaching Jews to forsake Moses, that they ought not to circumcise their children or walk according to the customs. As you see in Paul's epistles, he says, I died to the law. The law was the ministry of death and condemnation. You see clearly that Paul believed that a person did not have to keep the law. It was salvation and justification by grace through faith apart from works, all because of the blood of Jesus, not because of anything that anybody does, not by keeping the law. Paul comes, they try to convince him to forsake everything that he teaches. And then what happens, you can read from verse 26 on at the end of Acts 21, the people said, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches against the people, against the law, against this place. He's brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. Chaos ensued. All the city was disturbed. The people ran together. They seized Paul. They dragged him out of the temple, and they persecuted Paul. These were believers persecuting Paul because he taught that a person did not have to keep the law. Just believe in Jesus. It's by grace through faith apart from works. It should be very, very clear there was a difference between what James and the other Jewish brethren in Jerusalem were teaching and what they believed and what Paul believed. That's really what I wanted to bring out of Acts 21. It's just one more thing that we can add to our pile of evidence of uh, James believing differently than Paul, which is the point that we've been making in this series. Yeah, and you know, this Jerusalem church, it was, it was largely uh, pointed at the Israelites. It was more of a, a Jewish ministry, even though Jesus was in the mix, so to speak. And one thing to highlight here on what you were just talking about, when these, um, let's see, uh, I was, okay, yeah, Jews from Asia, that, that's what they're called. Jews from Asia saw Paul in the temple while he was doing this ceremony. They stirred up the whole crowd, whoever they were, other Jews. They laid hands on him. 
And they said, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches all men, all men everywhere against the people, the law, and this place, the temple. And furthermore, get this now, furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. So see, there was that mentality again, even though, even though, not too many verses before this, Joel, when Paul was meeting with James and his elders, they rejoiced at the news that Gentiles were being saved without the law. But there was this mindset among the vast majority of, of the Jews, perhaps including even some of James' counsel, that Greeks still should not be brought into the temple because they were unclean. They were not holy. They defiled this place, as they said here. Uh, and Paul was being accused of that. And by the way, they, they were out there ready to beat him to death until some soldiers came along. Commander brought some soldiers. Once they saw them, they, they stopped beating Paul. Uh, otherwise, they would have killed him right then and there. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is that before all of this happened, before Paul and his company came to Jerusalem before this event, they were meeting somewhere else with other like-minded believers of faith. And Paul was warned by the prophet Agabus, I believe it was, that if he were to go to Jerusalem, he would be bound. He was warned. And Paul said, I'm ready for that. I don't care. I'm, I'm going. You know, sometimes we can make our own choices, <laughs> even when the Holy Spirit is, is there to try to lead and, and guide or, or at least communicate things to you. I mean, here was a kind of a special supernatural thing taking place where the Holy Spirit was speaking through somebody and, and warned Paul that yeah, if you go there, you're going to be bound. And so that's what happened. But Paul, taking the instruction, taking the uh, direction of the Jews from James and his elders to kind of compromise this situation and do this uh, Old Covenant ceremony where there would be ceremony and, and sacrifice and all of that, it's almost like Paul was saying, okay, I'm going to try and make peace here. I'm going to try and reach across the aisle, as they say in political circles. But, you know, it didn't work out real well for him, even though as days, months, and years went by, even though he was imprisoned, he was still able to testify about the gospel. And let me just say this, Joel, because I know we want to get into some of the passages where Paul says things that James just doesn't say. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. just all there is to it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but I, I think another thing I just want to throw out there that we don't know about this, but James, like all of us, and like all of the other apostles through all of time, we're growing in our understanding about the good news of Jesus Christ and, and faith and all of that. We're, we're growing in it. These guys didn't know everything. You know, to me, James was the norm. Why wouldn't the Jews, like James, assume that the law was still in place? Paul brought this revelation that they had been freed from the law, but if they didn't understand that or hadn't heard that, you would assume that everything is still in place, but there was this great news about Jesus who rose from the dead. So that's why we've said over and over again that we're not coming down on James. We're, we're just not. There was just this different understanding that was taking place where Paul had revelation that perhaps James didn't have. But I wonder, after this event and after seeing what happened to Paul through this experience, I can't help but wonder, uh, we don't have any evidence of it uh, from the scriptures anyway, from the Bible pages, but I can't help but wonder if it's just possible that James 
did grow further in his understanding of what Paul was trying to communicate through all of those letters that he wrote to the churches. Uh, some historians believe that James was actually martyred, perhaps in the early 60s. This might have taken place, what we're talking about here in the late 50s or around 60 AD. Could have been three to five years later that James was martyred, Peter uh, sometime after that, and Paul after that. So I'm just throwing that out there for people to ponder. Yeah, it is something worth pondering. I mean, like you said, we don't have any evidence of exactly why exactly why James was martyred, but it is definitely worth pondering. And contrary to that, we do have a lot of evidence as to what James did actually believe prior to that in these years leading up to that. So that's what we've been focusing on here in this uh, podcast series. You know, you were talking about the things that Paul said that James wouldn't say. And th the thing here is that we have verse after verse after verse passage after passage after passage from Paul talking about faith apart from works. I mean, all over the place, all over his epistles, he talks about this salvation and justification being a matter of faith and the blood of Jesus apart from works. Like I said, myriads of passages from Paul. And then we've got a few sentences from James in James epistle. Suddenly, it cancels everything out that Paul said. I, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't think so. And so, hopefully, with what we've shared here, with all these happenings, that where we can clearly see what James believed and what he taught and what he did, and the things that he said, even many years into the gospel, that went against what Paul had said and taught. Hopefully, we can see that there is this difference between what James and Paul were teaching. And one of the big things is because, going back to what we started saying at the beginning of this podcast series, I know for me, I would all, in Cap, I think the same for you, basically, that we would be talking about how Paul says, we're saved through faith apart from works. No works necessary. To the man who does not work, his faith is accounted as righteousness. And then everyone always says, well, what about James? That's why we're doing this podcast series, really. Uh, what about James? We're trying to make the point that James did say things that were contrary to what Paul said. And it's okay, but the gospel is found in what Paul wrote in all these myriads of verses that we're going to get into. We might have a couple minutes here to get into some this week, and then maybe we'll share some more next week. But, you know, Paul talked about the gospel. Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is Romans 1, 16. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So Paul is saying it's for both Jews and Gentiles. As we've said throughout this series, there were many times that James didn't seem to think <laughs> that the Gentiles were included in this. Paul makes it clear in this epistle in Romans that it's for the Jew first and for the Greek, the Gentile. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And in that epistle, in the next two chapters in Romans, Paul talks about the problem being sin and death and, and why that needed to be resolved. And he, he circles back around in, in chapter 3, verse 21. Well, in verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and the world may become guilty before God. Not so that believers would need to keep it. But then he says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. James seemed to say the opposite, that it was by the works, you know, the deeds of the flesh and faith, you know, working together. And Paul continues, 
But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Even the righteousness of God through, it was witnessed by the law and the prophets. You can see it all in there. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So about a minute left, Cap, if you want to add anything to that. Well, and he concludes a few verses after that. Uh, In fact, he says this, therefore we conclude uh, that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, apart from works. It's it's just the opposite of what James says. Uh, But you know what? Here's the thing. If you're assuming and there's this mindset, there's this, this assumption out there that everything being written by everybody in that Bible, people like Paul and James, perhaps others, even the Old Testament, it's assumed that God inspired the words being written down on paper. There's that assumption that's taking place. And so what do we try to do? We try to we, you know, so with that in mind, Paul and James can't be in disagreement, right? They just can't be. So we got to come up with, and, and there's uh, thousands of them, we got to come up with thousands of opinions and theologies on why they do agree. But I'm, I'm questioning that now. I'm wondering if maybe there's something else God's trying to communicate here and show us this period of time that was taking place and the transition that was occurring in the minds of the people, especially the Jews and then the Gentiles and then bringing them both together as one. Because we, I think we need to be a little bit careful about reading into something that James didn't really say. And so we'll probably have some more things to say. And I think we definitely want to cover more passages from Paul on the things that he said, which uh, about grace through faith, apart from works. We're definitely going to cover more of those passages too, as we get ready to wrap up our Paul and James series here on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.